Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And bring in Will Hobson of the Washington Post. Uh, Will, thank you so much for taking your time today on a Saturday uh, to, to you come on with us on the barbershop. I appreciate you. No problem. It's my, my, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, uh, definitely. Will, let's get right to it. Um, two articles um, that have come out in, in how the NFL avoids playing uh, disabled players with the union's help. Um, when I drilled down on, on this article, there was a couple of things uh, that really, really stood out to me. First and foremost, um, what, what really, um, you, know, sp- you know, sparked the interest in to go this route? Um, what was the catalyst for really doing this, this type of uh, investigation on insurance and the policies and including the NFL Players Association? Uh, it started with the – there was a case, uh, a federal lawsuit in, uh, in, out of Texas where a judge uh, last May, essentially she ruled that the NFL's disability plan um, broke the law in denying the, uh, a payment to a player named Mike Cloud, a retired running back. Um, but she also said that um, I think that your plan is basically rigged against the players and, and set up to deny claims to guys like this, this guy, Mike Cloud, who was dealing with cognitive issues stemming from concussions. Uh, so, um, so I, I started just writing a story about that case specifically, but in, the, in her ruling, the judge referenced a bunch of other cases across the country where other judges had similarly been very critical of the NFL's disability plan and how it treated players. Uh, and, and when I was doing my own uh, own research, um, it, I came across a process in which the Players Association is in on, I believe, the denials process. I think that they have a group of individuals that are represent the Players Association on the board, uh, on the panel that decides whether or not a player uh, is denial is met. Uh, what did you find when when you looked at the, the Players Association and how culpable were they? And actually, with some of these denials and collusion with the NFL. Well, I mean, I'd be careful about using the word collusion. I, I just, I think the the most accurate way to say it is the union has uh, there's union employees who are directly involved with um, deciding whether or not disability claims are approved or denied, and then the board that oversees the disability plan. It's half its members are appointed by the league and half its members are appointed by the union. And, you know, their job at the board is they're supposed to, when they get a disability claim before them, they're supposed to take a look at all the evidence and decide whether or not the player should get paid. And like in this Michael Cloud case, the union board rep, um, uh, who is to 
testified, acknowledged he didn't review any evidence. He just basically, whatever his advisors and lawyers decided, he just went along with it. Wow. Uh, you know, that that's, and, and when you look at that, um, I, there was also a piece uh, that, in terms of the doctors. Um, now, when you go through this process, um, you go to, you know, your doctor. Uh, can you kind of break down the process in which when you do file a claim, um, because there's there's a really great piece in here. It talks about um, uh, over the course of 2015 and 16, doctors who earned more than 137000 found players totally and permanently disabled at a rate of 0.5% while doctors earning between 52,000 and 60,000 found players disabled at a rate of 27%. Um what what where does that discrepancy come from and and what did you see in the process that kind of leads to, you know, that much of a discrepancy in how much the the plan doctors are making? So that those figures we didn't collect. Those figures came uh the day after our investigation published. There was a, a lawsuit filed by 10 former NFL players against a disability plan. Uh, over allegations that they wrongly denied their claims. And the lawyers for those players have collected data that they claim shows the higher a doctor who works for the NFL plan gets paid, the more likely that doctor is to deny uh, a player, to fail to diagnose a disability in a player. So that, that you, if, when a retiree from the NFL applies for disability payments from the NFL's plan, uh, they're typically referred then to a doctor who's under some type of contract with the plan. Um, and that, that doctor, uh, what these lawyers claim is that if you look, if you collect the payment figures, that the highest paid doctors by the plan also have the highest rates of denials, essentially. That the, the, and so what they're, they're alleging is that these doctors are financially motivated to not diagnose disabilities for these players to help keep costs down for the NFL's plan. Um, you know, we're talking to Will Hobson uh, of the Washington uh, Post, and uh, he has two articles out, um, how the NFL avoids playing disabled players with the union's help, and also uh, former NFL players sue over disability claims and include uh, an accused plan of uh, disturbing denials. Um, when you look at, um, you know, obviously during in insurance anywhere, insurance is really hard to put, send claims in, whether you're a civilian whether you're, you have auto insurance or whatever the case may be, um, have you found in your research that um, it, it's ex exceptionally hard um, to fill out denials if you're an NFL player and you're retiring? Uh, we, so there's not like like a set clearinghouse for data uh, for like approval and denial rates. The NFL plan is a little bit unique uh, in that it offers, unlike like for you or me, for any you know, any person and and typical corporate job in America, your disability plan pays you if you get hurt or you're sick and you can't work for a few months. The NFL's disability plan is structured to pay players essentially for the rest of their lives if they are disabled after playing in the league. Um, so it is on paper, it's a very generous plan. Uh, the, the problem uh, that players say they encounter is that just applying and actually getting approved for the payments is a really time-consuming, difficult, and, and they think biased process against them. And then once you get approved, you still ha you still deal with uh, annual or semi-annual evaluations by planned doctors, uh, who at any point in time they can say, "I've decided you're you're not disabled anymore." We wrote about a few of those cases. There were players with like spinal cord injuries who who after a few years, the NFL's plan 
tried to cut off their payments and, and they had their doctors asserting, no, I think, yeah, you, you've got a lot of issues here, but I still think there's some job out there for you. Um, so it's not, um, it's not the overall denial rate that I think is the issue. It's just the, the difficulty they feel they encounter in, in, in getting approved and, and keeping the payments coming in. A lot of, um, th- there's a lot, you know, we've talked about it here on the show, a lot of it, you know, the public really kind of, you know, fights the notion that um, that players should not be paid guaranteed contracts. Um, when you look at uh, the rest of the sports, baseball's guaranteed, basketball's guaranteed uh, out of the major sports. Um, do you think uh, that guaranteed contracts could mitigate some of the, I guess the effects of people being denied if they do become disabled down the line. Uh, I mean, well, that's that, that would be really be up to the union and in their negotiations with the league. Uh, you know, I, I, it's a, it's an interesting question whether or not it would just be cheaper for the NFL to just offer guaranteed contracts as opposed to, you know, putting these disability plans together. But I mean, even if they did that, even if you guaranteed a contract. You just got to remember that, you know, there's a lot of players who deal with, um, you know, cognitive and orthopedic injuries and the after effects that will long outlive, you know, whatever contract they sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there are, there are a lot of retirees out there who feel like even if contracts were guaranteed, the league should have an obligation to compensate the players for the damage that they, they endure and, and the effect it has on their ability to work after football. And you mentioned this, um, and, and when you talk to the Players Association, you talk to the union, you talk to the league, uh, one of the things that the league will say is the all of these things are collectively bargained. Uh, the way the disability policy works, some of those things uh, with, with, with guaranteed contracts. Um, when you look at it in the way the union and the Players Association is shaped, I, I mean, do you think there's a realistic way of, of pushing back on some of these policies without full out-and-out striking? Uh, I mean, I don't know. That, that, that is, um, you know, the, the lack of ability to strike or the, I guess, lack of a legitimate fear of a strike by the owners is that's one of the perceived reasons why, you know, the NFL's union is seen as not, not as strong as, as the union and the, the Players Association, the NBA, or Major League Baseball. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, that, that is that, – is one theory and you know another one is just you know as i was talking to one lawyer about the who's represented former players about this about comparing the nfl players union to you know unions and in other industries um you know unions and in other industries typically have a lot of employees who are approaching retirement so when they're negotiating with management they you know retiree benefits are a major concern because they have a lot of constituents who are about to become retired you know, something not the NFL players are, are, are different than that. There aren't a lot of, I mean, while there are a lot of them close to retirement, they don't know it. They're not thinking about that. They're not in their forties, fifties and sixties. They're not, they're not thinking about, you know, what they're going to need at that time frame. You know, they're in their twenties. And, and so, you know, their, their, their eyes are on, you know, what, how much am I getting paid this year? And what are my benefits going to look like two or three years from now? Yeah. I, you know, that is a, a major issue because, and, and then I guess when you look at it from a standpoint of the retired uh, individuals, um, I am correct in saying that the retired individuals don't really have a stake in voting for some of these things. Is that correct? Right. Uh, retirees are uh, uh, non-voting members of the union. Yeah. So, so, you know, you, what you end up happening is you have guys that are younger, maybe not having the same viewpoint or s- some of the same th- issues that they're going through now. 
um, that affect them and that don't really affect the veterans and vice versa. So you have kind of a, I, I wouldn't say, probably a more better question or answer would be, there's probably a disconnect between some of the voting, active voting members and some of the veterans and the retired players who really have some of their benefits hang in the balance of votes of younger players. Right. Uh, you, you know, uh, uh, talking to Will Hobson again uh, on the North Rome said Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline, and he's of the Washington Post. I wanted to ask you this um, in in terms of the CTE, um, I guess, collective. Um, a lot of these things have disability uh, claims and and, and uh, people in the, in saying that they're being disabled and there's some denials there. Are this, is this the same type of pool um, that you would file a denial claim or, excuse me, a, um, a health care claim if you do have CTE? So if you say, for instance, um, you claim that you have dementia or CTE or you're having some sort of, uh, you know, cognitive, uh, you know, abilities are being impaired do you could you claim cte or do those payments have to be paid and an autopsy has to be done afterwards could you claim that you might have the beginning stages of cte and uh use that as disability uh well I mean, you can't um you know as, as you know you can, we can't diagnose ct in the living yet um but the nfs plan does offer benefits payments for players dealing with you know the, the cognitive symptoms that um, are associated with CTE. So yeah, if you're if you're dealing with early dementia, uh, any memory issues, uh, things of that nature, then um, and you can get a diagnosis, then that that should be covered. Will, I thank you so much for taking time with me to join me today. Um, we appreciate you. Uh, great work. Uh, how the NFL employs playing disabled players with the union self. I appreciate your time, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Will Hobson on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, 216-578-0092 at GBush91 on, on Twitter. Mike, Todd, Bill, and Mike, we'll get to you coming up in here in a moment. Uh, Todd says guaranteed contracts are not always the best way. I'm sure we'll have a nice debate with that. <laughs> T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.